Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for that hope of sweet Beulah land, of that home place that we are preparing to go. And Lord, how we look forward to that day that we get to be with you forever in sweet Beulah land. Lord, today as we open your word, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, teach us to be obedient to you. Follow your ways and your will. As we seek to see the lost, come to know you. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Have your Bibles with you this morning. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Continue there. The covenant of circumcision. We looked at that last week and uh, considered a part of that. And I want to look at it one more time this week and uh, consider kind of the end here. We're going to read the whole thing, but I want to draw in on the last few verses today as we consider the father of all nations, as we see Abraham's journey of faith. He is the father of all nations. If you found your place there in Genesis chapter 17, please stand with me, if you will, in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give, you, give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. 
Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, for, uh, uh, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born of a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation, but... I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with, with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house, and bought with his money every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day. And God said, to, as God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael, his son, was 30, uh, 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in his house and those bought with money from a foreigner, he were circumcised with him. Amen. May the Lord have blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Why missions? Why should we be involved in missions? Uh, that's quite frankly a, a question that I'm asked often. Uh, I hear that often, even in the church. Why should we be so involved in missions? Shouldn't we just be focused on reaching those around here? Why do we need to go off to some other place like Boston or China or wherever and be involved in missions? Why don't we just focus here? Well, we should focus here, and we're going to focus here. But we should also go onto the mission field and seek to uh, make disciples of all nations. But that is a question that often arises, and we do need to ask that question. We need to make sure that we are on track. And so hopefully today we'll answer that question or see that even from this passage. As we look at this passage today, this is a, a question that uh, arises here, or a similar question to that arises here out of this text. As we think about the text and what's going on here, God promises Abraham, Behold, verse 4, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. 
No longer shall your name be called Abram, that means exalted father. Abram means exalted father. But your name shall be Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. And so God even changes his name. You're no longer exalted father, but your name is father of a multitude. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. But then as you continue through the text, you see that God, he makes this covenant not with nations, but with Isaac. So a question that quickly arises from the text is, how is Abraham to be the father of a multitude of nations if his covenant is with Isaac alone? We know Isaac didn't, he didn't have, he wasn't the father of a multitude of nations in the sense that uh, he, he fathered Jacob and uh, Esau. Yes, Esau made a multitude of nations, but the covenant was with Jacob, uh, with Isaac through to Jacob. And Jacob's 12 sons. And the 12 sons, they didn't make a multitude of nations, they made one nation, didn't they? So how is Abraham then to be the father of a multitude of nations if the covenant is to go through Isaac and Jacob and Israel? Well, we want to ask that question today and see how, uh, how God even reveals in this passage that Abraham is becoming the father of a multitude of nations. First of all, as we consider this passage, first thing that we want to notice here is God establishes his covenant with Isaac and his seed. God establishes his covenant with Isaac and his seed, with Isaac's seed, his offspring. Now we are reminded here of the promise of the covenant, aren't we? The promise of the covenant. And what's the promise of the covenant? It's the four Ps that I've told to you uh, several times over, but it's protection. Abraham, I am your shield. It is provision. Your reward shall be very great. Your blessings. Your uh, prosperity. Your provision shall be very great. It's a people, a people, nations shall come from you, and a place, I will give you the land of your sojourning. And so that is the the main promise of God. We could probably talk about a few more things and even uh, kind of uh, add a few more things to that if we were really to to dig into it. But those are the the four major things that are promised in the covenant between God and Abraham. Protection, provision, a people, and a place. So that's the promise. But then notice also the time span. The time span. Uh, This is not just a, a covenant that is for Abraham's lifetime, is it? No, it's not. In fact, four times in this chapter, we see that it is an everlasting covenant. In verses 7 and 8, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. 
and I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your soul journeying, all the land of Canaan, Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Again, in chapter, in verse 13, so shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. And then on down to uh, verse uh, 19, God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So the time span on the covenant is everlasting. It's an eternal covenant. It has no end. It didn't just end when, when Isaac or when Abraham was laid to rest. It didn't end when Isaac was laid to rest. It didn't end with Jacob. It didn't end with his, his 12 sons, but it, it went on. It's an everlasting covenant, an eternal covenant covenant now as we begin to think about the old testament we know that in the old testament yes god raised the nation of israel out of bondage he he brought them out of of egypt and he brought them to the land of promise and he established them as a nation he gave them a great king in king david they had up years and down years, but ultimately they sinned against God, breaking the Mosaic Covenant, and God sent them out into exile. Now they don't have all the land that they had. They don't have all the, the place that God had promised to his people. But God's promise is an everlasting promise. I will give the land to you as an everlasting possession. What happened? Has God's covenant failed? No. No, but we look to something greater. With that then, we also want to notice the limitation of the covenant. The limitation of the covenant. Look there in verses 15 through 21. 15 through 21. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall, uh, but Sarah shall be, you shall not call her name Sarah, excuse me, but Sarah shall, shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall, shall a child be born to me? To a man who is a hundred years old. Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael shall live before you. Watch this. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. So the limitation of the covenant then is through Isaac, the son that would be born through Sarah, through Isaac, and then to Isaac's seed. So there's a limitation. There's this limitation. Well, so then we ask if, it, if it's limited then, if the covenant is limited to 
Isaac and his offspring after him, then what happens to poor old Ishmael? What happens to Ishmael? Is he just out of luck in all of this? And then what about God's promise? You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Has God failed in that? Even through this covenant? Isaac Isaac only formed that one nation, not a multitude of nations. Not even 12 nations. So what, what then happens? How is it that Abraham becomes the father of a multitude of nations if God establishes his covenant with Isaac and his seed, his offspring after him? Well, I want us to look down then at verses 22 through 27, those, that last paragraph there in this chapter. What did, what did Abraham do after God had given him this commandment to circumcise? When he had finished talking with God, or with him, excuse me, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house are bought with his money. Every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskin that very day as God had said to him Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin and Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin that very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised and all the men of his house those born in the house and those brought with bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him notice how it just repeats that Ishmael and all of those born in his house those who were born in his house, those were, who were bought with money from foreigners, all of those were circumcised. They were grafted into the covenant, to use the phrase that Paul uses in Romans chapter 11. The nations are grafted into the covenant by grace through faith. That's what we see beginning even here in the passage. The nations are grafted into the covenant by God's grace through faith. Ishmael and all the foreigners, they're grafted in. If you want to look at that, Paul's reference to that, it's Romans chapter 11, verses 11 through 24. I don't want to go there because I don't want to spend too much time there, but Romans 11, verses 11 through 24. Paul is talking about what happened then to, to all of the, the, the Jews. As Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles, and he's writing to Gentiles there in the book of Romans, and he says, what of all the Jews? And he gets into this conversation about the Gentiles being grafted in they are the, the wild olive branch, and, and they have been, been cut off of their, their olive tree, and they've been grafted into the promise, the fruitful olive tree of God. And we see that taking place throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Nations are grafted into the covenant by God's grace through faith. We see, notice here, the promise was to 
the seed. The promise was to the seed. It wasn't to a multitude of seed. It was to the seed. Look at verses 19 again, verse 19 again. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him his offspring his seed and that word is a singular seed a singular offspring it's not to offsprings but it's to his offspring after him now Paul again in Galatians Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 Paul makes this argument he says now Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring it does not say and offsprings plural referring to many but referring to one and to your offspring who is who is it? Who is Christ? Who is Christ? You see, the promise that, it, that, that God had made to, to Abraham, it goes through Isaac. It goes through Jacob. It goes through Judah. It goes through David. Right on down to Jesus. You see, Jesus is the one who is to become the head of this covenant. This covenant of promise. All of this is, is, is God's promise that I will establish a line. I will establish a seed. And I will make this seed come about. Hell shall not overcome my purpose and my plan of redemption. I established, Abraham, my covenant with you and your seed, whom I will bring about. And it's through your seed that all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Through your seed, I will bring about all the promises of the covenant. Through your seed, I will give you a place. I will give you a people. I will give you provision. I will give you all that I promise you. See, it's through the seed, through Jesus Christ. And all of those who are then to, to take hold of the promises are grafted into the promises. Others are grafted in through faith. They're added to the covenant through faith in the seed, Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 3, Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 and 9, Paul says, Now then, now then, that is to those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify, that is to write the Gentiles by faith, preached, uh, preached the gospel beforehand to, beforehand to Abraham, saying, 
In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So how is anyone to participate in the covenant of God, the covenant of promise to Abraham by God's grace through faith God's promise? grace through faith in Jesus Christ and when we believe in Jesus when we trust that he was the one who came to redeem us from our sins and make us alive to God believe then we are grafted in we're made a part of that promise to Abraham We can proclaim the same promises of God to Abraham as for us that God will give us protection from our enemy, our own sin. He will give us provision. He provides all that we ever need. He provides salvation through Jesus Christ. He has given us a place. A place, one, when we leave the body we get to go to the place of heaven to be with Christ but even greater than that as we continue on in scripture and read in revelation that that place becomes a reality here on this earth when God makes this earth new he establishes the new Jerusalem where Jesus shall reign as Christ as king of God's kingdom and in his kingdom we have an eternal place we have a people we are able to fellowship in the love of Christ even now together in this place with Christians all around the world oh but that day when that city Jerusalem will come down from heaven the people of God come down from heaven and dwell together with God in Christ giving us our light, giving us life through the tree of life. We will be a people established for all of eternity in God's kingdom. Oh, dear friend, if you want to be a part of the Abrahamic covenant, if you want to latch on to the promises that God gave to Abraham, latch on to Jesus, trust in Jesus, Believe in Jesus. Give your life over to Christ by God's grace through faith. You will own the covenant of God to Abraham. It shall be yours. So the nations then are grafted in to the covenant. That's what we see taking place there in those, the, that last verse. Ishmael, now I don't know if Ishmael came to true faith in, in the promise given to Abraham. We're not told that in Scripture, but he, is, he's, he seems to may perhaps have been. He was circumcised. Now I know we know through history his, his, the nations that come from him, they didn't stick to it. They didn't cling to the promises given to Abraham. They became pagans. And God eventually judged them. Still judging them today? 
But Ishmael, he's, he's grafted in. He is circumcised because of his relationship to Abraham. Those in his household, those born in his household, and, and those that were bought with money who came in because of their relationship to Abraham, it appears they're grafted in. You see, that is for us. It's not about circumcision or not circumcision, but it's about faith in Jesus. And all of those who have faith in Christ, who have the faith of Abraham, Abraham who believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, so that he might be the father of all of those who have faith, all of those who believe in Christ. Dear friend, do you believe today? Do you believe? Do you trust in Jesus? Have you given your life over to him? So God establishes his covenant with Isaac and his seed. And the nations then are grafted into the covenant by God's grace through faith in the seed, Jesus Christ. So we see even in, in Genesis then that missions is God's intention. Missions is God's intention. Now, this fact has been missed by many throughout the ages. It was missed by the, the Jews first. As we see in Jesus' day, when we get to the Gospels, we see that, that the Jews looked at, down to the Gentiles in contempt. contempt excuse me. Uh, they despised the Gentiles. Didn't want to reach out to them at all. Even the church in its beginnings had struggled with this. Again, I think of, of Genesis, or excuse me, Galatians, Galatians chapter 2. Uh, even Peter struggled with this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. But when Cephas, that is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Why did Paul oppose Peter to his face? Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like Jews, how can you force the Gentiles to live as Jews? You see, struggle with uh, including, grafting in the Gentiles into the covenant. So Paul opposed Peter And even today, we see churches struggling with missions. Struggling with missions. Why should we work about the nation? Why should we flip nations? Let's, let's focus here. So it's many as expected by God. We see even see today, we see this taking place. This is mission happening right here. He's bringing in foreigners into this covenant of circumcision. 
But we see it in other places as well. One of my favorite places is Exodus chapter 12. In the Exodus, you remember, God freed his people from Egypt. He brought them out of, the, out of bondage to the land of Egypt. And God had all these great miracles before, before the Egyptians to show his power and his might. And you know, not only did the Israelites see God's great power and it make an impact on them, but there were others there. There were Egyptians, there were other foreigners who were there who watched what God did, and I believe it become real. Exodus chapter 12, verse 38, speaking of Exodus, the people leaving Egypt, it says that a mixed multitude also went up with them. A mixed multitude. God had it so impressed multiple people, nations, foreigners, Egyptians, and, and people. True God. And they left Egypt with the relationship of a God. We see it in other places. Naaman, for one, in 2 Kings 5. Naaman, another pagan, comes to Elisha, asking him to be healed. And Elisha tells him, go yourself seven times in the Jordan. And at first, Naaman, he kind of pushed back. Why should I go to this piddly little old river here? Jordan why can't I just go back home and wash my hair but when he gave in and he went he obeyed the word of the Lord then Naaman returned to the man of God to Elisha and he said and all his, he and all his company and he came and stood before him and he said behold I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel you see so we see even in the Old Testament sign missions God, to the nations but then of course we get the command in the new testament jesus says in matthew chapter 28 19 through 20 church go therefore go make all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God makes it absolutely clear to the church. You're not just to sit at home. Yes, you're to reach all nations. You're to reach all peoples of this world. You're to reach those right outside your door. Your friends, your neighbors, those in your community, yes, make disciples of all peoples. But it also says, go. As you are going throughout the world, we're not just to be satisfied with, with what takes place here in Bastrop, Louisiana. But we're to see the gospel to be spread throughout the nations. We're to have a part in that. We're to, make, we're to make disciples of all nations, of all peoples. But we get involved in missions. And praise be to God, we're part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and I don't know a more mission-minded group than the Southern Baptist. But we cooperate together. We come together to see that missions is accomplished throughout the world. 
And we support missions offering, Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong and, and Georgia Burnett and all these missions offering to, to go out and see missions accomplished. Praise be to God, we, we adopt other missionaries like Kevin Sanders. We're going to hear from him in just a minute. Because we are called to make disciples to make followers of Jesus Christ of all peoples, of all nations. We're to take the good news to Abraham. Made manifest in Jesus Christ. We're to take that promise to the world. And through the power and the will of God, see people grafted into the covenant, brought into the family of God. Why missions? Missions is important, dear friend, and this is the sermon in a sentence. Missions is important because Jesus Christ is the promised Lord and Savior, the seed of not just to the Jews. Not just to Isaac and Jacob. But the promised Lord and Savior of the nations. Missions is important because Jesus Christ is the promised Lord and Savior. Not just of the Jews alone. But of the nations. We are called to take the gospel to all people. All nations, give them the good news of Jesus Christ and invite them to put their faith in Him. Through our support of other missionaries and through us going, we're called to take this good news, Christ, the seed of Abraham. Are you being faithful? Perhaps today you're here and you're not a part of the family of God. You can't call Abraham your father because you've never given your faith to Jesus. Turn to Christ today. Trust in the promise of God. And he will save you. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you have given us, Lord. We thank you. As Gentiles, we thank you. Lord, we would forever be lost if it were not for your grace. Establishing that covenant with Abraham. A preserving that sacred line that brought about the birth of Jesus Christ who died for us and has now risen again, giving us hope of that eternal promise. Oh Lord, thank you for your promise. Oh, that we would believe it and trust in it with all of our hearts. Oh, that we would be faithful to take that good news to the world and see hearts changed for Christ. Oh, Lord, if there's one today who has not trusted in you, Lord, turn their hearts to Jesus today. Let them see the promise fully and embrace it. By your grace, through faith. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.